0: Here's the thing. When I started thinking about writing a sermon for Young Adult Sunday, I remembered what one of our child said during the time for all ages. What do I know about being a young adult? I'm at least a dozen years away from even liberal definitions of what a young adult um, should, should be the age of, right? And so rather than coming up with assumptions and rather than um, Googling it, I thought, well, why not ask real live young adults about their lives and what questions they're struggling with? So with Ember's help, we were able to get four volunteers from our congregation to answer some of the questions that I think we all came up with. So I came up with a few at the beginning, and then you all came up with some, and we um, struggled back and forth with these questions. And knowing, of course, that I'm not expecting each of you to represent your entire generation. That's just too much pressure. So for all of us, this is a glimpse into each of their lives and what they're dealing with here in the city of New York. And my first question really came from a recent article I read in the Atlantic magazine around um, again what was mentioned earlier of when you become an adult there seems to be this greater struggle between your work and your personal life and for folks who are still going to school, for example. um, Your academic life so there's a lot of demands on our time. So it pointed out that there's this thing called workism as being the main reason why so many have stopped attending religious services. Those numbers are especially high amongst young people, meaning that when forced to choose between how to spend your Sunday morning, knowing that the rest of the week, you are out there hustling and working and trying to make ends meet, What do you do with your Sunday morning? Do you go to church? Or do you hang out with your non-church going friends? Or those with kids, do you drop them off at soccer practice and stay there? Or again, here in New York, we have so many other options. Like, do you catch a matinee Broadway show, for example, right? There are so many things to do and it becomes a math problem of not having enough time to spend your Sunday morning here with us. Do you find this to be true in your life, or do you somehow find a way to prioritize your involvement at 4th U. Anjum, would you like to get us started?
1: Let's see, is this, yep, it's sure on, okay. Yeah, it's great that I don't have to represent everyone because I feel like my answer is going to be super non-representative of the majority (laughs) of people, uh, given that I am here. Um, But this question, it actually struck me because I haven't really given myself the choice of whether or not I would come here in five years. I uh, found this church and started going and then when I liked it the one time I was like okay now you go every week you don't have a choice (laughs) um that's just kind of my personality I I like having rules for myself because it I guess it does simplify that choice and so I haven't really revisited that decision since then um and I think for me, it, it really is the right decision because I would hem and haw over like, oh gosh, wouldn't it be nice to like stay with my cats, stay with my blankets, um, maybe hang out with friends, but ultimately probably just the cats. Um, but I, I don't wanna say that going to church is kind of like eating your broccoli, but I mean, it kind of is in comparison to cuddling on the couch, it kind of is. Um, and so that's like something that I do for myself because I know that it's good for me. Um, and that's why I don't give myself a choice. Same reason why I like buy broccoli at the grocery store <laughs> um, so that I have to eat it. Um, but yeah, uh, there are lots of other things that I could do, but I think that it isn't always just a and, like a, an either or, that you can come to church, but you can bring a friend to church or you can have like brunch plans on the Upper West Side just after or something, and so that if you prioritize it, there are ways to kind of have your cake and eat it too, or broccoli as it were, um, <laughs> but yeah. Does, does, does Can that you answer? expand on that a
0: little bit, what kind of <laughs> spiritual nutrients do you get from church.
1: Yes, so I'm like a super duper duper atheist so my spiritual perspectives of like what i gain i think is also a little bit different from others um because a lot of the rituals that we have here they don't necessarily connect with me um but the ritual itself of coming here having the weekly routine having some familiar faces that you see most weeks and and the conversations that we have here of course are very very important to me Um, so i find it very centering to have a place where you can be serious and and it's like not uncool to care you know you don't have to be detached you're invited to be very feeling and very thoughtful and yeah it just aligns with my values and it's nice to recenter that every week
0: thank you anjum Would anyone else like to chime in?
1: (laughs) Apparently, I did a very good job.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Our next question is, how do you get your spiritual needs met? So that's somewhat related to um, what Andrew was saying earlier. Do you have any spiritual practices that ground you, especially during the lockdown period immediately after the pandemic? and i don't mean to say that the pandemic is over i myself have just gotten over covid um so and speaking of which how did COVID COVID affect your life overall as a young adult and what role does technology play in any of this i know that's a lot of questions all rolled into one and taylor i think was going to answer it first taylor, yes, yes. Okay. and then we'll pass it on to you matthew
2: it is a lot of questions rolled into one so i'll I'll do my best in a short period of time. So for me, um, I guess I'm gonna kind of bleed into Anjum's question a little bit as well. Um, for me, COVID was very interesting. I graduated from law school in May of 2020. Um, so I started my career in, during COVID. Um, and I always tell people that my first job outside of, um, after I graduated was um, I worked for a judge in New Jersey and i met him in when i interviewed in december 2019 and i did not see him in person again until may of 2021 so it was a very isolating time to be a young professional there was a lot of um kind of networking things and just things as working as a young adult and starting my career that i found very difficult that i think um other generations did not have to go through because they did not start their career during a pandemic um but I think I also moved during that time and so for me. um, One reason why I joined fourth you here and we were talking earlier I'd actually never joined a church before before I joined here um, was because after I after kind of the pandemic was. It's still not over but as it was kind of toning down i was kind of thinking what do i value like how do i find a community because i really didn't have one um because i had moved and made all of these life changes and wasn't able to meet people um so i did things like i came here i started coming here i joined a yoga studio um and some other things to kind of get my spiritual needs met i think what you were saying about um, i'm also very much an atheist, I grew up in a very non-religious family, so being able to come here and be around like-minded people, ground myself every Sunday before I kind of go into a busy week, um, and um, just kind of be in a calming environment has been incredibly useful for me during the pandemic. Um, And just being able to meet people and see new faces and have a community, have people who. Um, can celebrate with you during good times and hold you up during bad times. I think that's super important. I think a lot of young people are missing that. I think there is kind of this loneliness and kind of touching on the technology question. I think there's a lot of social media can be great, um, but I think it kind of creates these almost like artificial relationships. um, And so being able to have an actual community um, is super important.
0: Thank you, Taylor. Matthew.
3: Hello um i've been UU for most of my life, and when I was started going to college in 2013 Mr army junior year. I got involved with the young adult group serving the Pacific Northwest district after my first event, I was on the board and then after we had a bit of a crisis in leadership, I then ended up being basically con daddy, the person who. Like was organizing the events, making sure our finances are good and trying to manage relations with the district, which is a lot harder than it sa- should be, and this was in the Pacific Northwest where i'm from but and so. For you use least from my experience it's that trying to build a young adult community like this church makes it super duper easy, which is amazing is why i'm here, but that's not normal, and I think that in a lot of places makes it very difficult. And I think that's something that needs to change. And I've been pushing for for many years. Um, The pandemic, um, I resigned shortly before that because my life was not, I finished college, but my career was not moving forward. My life was miserable. So I had to step back from leadership and then it killed my young adult group in the Pacific Northwest District. One of the good things that, the pandemic did is now it's very easy to meet people online like i got um, connected with the canadians because they were only you know 25 miles north of bellingham where i was um and they did a lot of online things we see the young adult revival network has become a critical uh has filled that gap that was empty for 10 years where the UA dropped the ball um in serving a continent-wide young adult um it's the young adult revival network it's literally the revival of I can't remember the name of the organization, because before I was a young adult, that served young adult needs in the 2000s and before. Um, So in some ways, the pandemic's been good because it's allowed us to connect not just locally here at Fourth U or district-wide, but nation and continent-wide. There are regular monthly uh, Zoom calls from both the Canadian group that's led by a dear friend of mine, the American group led by another dear friend of mine, which makes it very easy to connect um, internationally. And so there are pros and cons. Getting those in-person events going up again differs district to district because regions are too big to, anyways, that's UU politics. Um, but there are some real disadvantages with the lack, with the change in in-person, but there are also, some, I think, some advantages in terms of the online presence, which has skyrocketed over the last couple of years. It's complicated. But I would like to see more in person, not just at uh, gems like this congregation, but also around the world. So, does anyone else want to talk? Thank you. Yeah.
4: Yeah, I think I kind of have the pandemic to thank for being here because I, I started coming here maybe fall, winter of 2019, and I would come occasionally, choosing usually my friends or other things to do, sleeping in on Sundays instead of coming here, but I would come. And then the pandemic happened and I was lonely and scared, isolated. And this Sunday service along with the Monday night meditation group really grounded my spiritual practice and gave me some, some anchors to come back to. That really kept me sane and kept me um, happy, as happy as I could have been throughout the pandemic.
0: Thank you, Edwin. And since you have the microphone, the next question is for you. And that is, what issues keep you up at night, and how might being part of a religious community help you in that regard?
4: So I think there's there's kind of four big things that keep me up at night. One is war, violence, poverty, all the terrible things happening in the world, and how powerless I feel um, in face of all this suffering. The second thing is kind of my personal hopes and ambitions and failures and the trajectory of my life. And, you know, just these sort of big uh, existential questions about myself. Um, The third thing is like the embarrassing thing I said five years ago that I'll never forget and will keep me up no matter what. And then the fourth thing is, you know, my cat, the refrigerator making weird noises, the one train rumbling by and this community has really helped me with the first two things these big (laughs) serious issues that weigh on me um knowing that i'm i'm not alone in thinking and caring about these things that i'm not powerless in the face of them that um that people care about me and want me to succeed and will be there for me if i fail in terms of my personal things um And the other two you know it's a little bit easier when the first two are taken care of to to lose a little sleep because of the one train and the crazy cat
0: (laughs) (laughs) thank you for that and maybe one of these sundays we'll have a sunday where we all talk about the most embarrassing embarrassing thing that (laughs) happened to us five years ago that'll get rid of the shame and level the playing field and and all that good stuff i'm sorry
4: (laughs) do you want to share yours right now no no no,
0: thank you (laughs) That requires much more preparation and courage um, <laughs> at some point to do that. Um, let's segue, because that's a really good segue into the next question that I'd like to um, invite Anjum to talk about, which is, what role do you think Unitarian Universalists can help play to alleviate the suffering that's going on in our world right now? During the Joyce and Sorrows, there was a lot of talk about mm-hmm. Israel and Palestine, and of course Ukraine, and um the state of our dysfunctional government we won't go into details about that um there's there's just so many things that is on the forefront of our minds what impact would our values have on transforming the world
1: i have two big thoughts about this one is a little bit more direct which is that i feel really lucky that our church in particular takes part in a lot of activism um You know, we do postcarding campaigns we take place and for you know people attend protests and we distribute resources and information Um, so that feels like a great thing that we do and that everyone can get involved in and we have wonderful teams like the democracy team climate the climate team, the racial justice team. Um, And I so thank the people who are on those teams for really, yeah, finding those resources and allowing the rest of us to piggyback. Um, So it's easier for us to all find opportunities to take part in these really important issues. Um, The other topic I could like, I could do a whole sermon about um, is the sort of less direct is that attendance at church not just for young adults but especially young adults is down all across the country and like on the one hand i super get it because i'm not a religious person myself um and so you know talking to my peers especially those who grew up religious and have walked away from it i totally understand those choices and i think that they come from a lot of you know personal honestness honesty is the actual word. Um, (laughs) But on the other hand, aside from your religion or prayer or whatever are the obvious things that happen in a religious space, I think that church has historically been fundamentally important in community, not just for reading the Bible or whatever holy book, but because this is where we come to get married. This is where we come when people die. This is where we, you know, before there were a lot of mental health professionals, this is where people went for guidance um, and, and people, people still do. Um, and of course the community of having people here, you know, if you're in a tough financial spot, your church might help you out. If there's like a hurricane, you might come here for shelter. Like church has so many important community roles that as people are coming less and less, those roles haven't been replaced societally or in terms of infrastructure. And so a lot of people turn online for some of that community, but it's really not the same, not to say that the Zoom community isn't, I mean more like social media. Um, you don't get all of those same benefits that society was ultimately, or at least our society was built upon. And I think that that's a, a lot of the, feelings of isolation and loneliness and stratification that we're seeing in societies because those structures are kind of crumbling. And having a place like this that's very welcoming, that appeals to a lot of the people who have um, been moving away from other religions, um, I think is wonderful. and, And I would love for more people to be getting those benefits.
4: Thank
0: you. And my pushback to that is that I do consider myself to be religious, going back to the Latin root of the word, which is religio, which means to bind. And so I feel like that's been appropriated by the religious right um, in terms of they don't have the monopoly on what it means to be a spiritual community together to bind ourselves to one another. Because at the end of the day, it is about being in relationship. And that's what a covenant is about, being in right relationship with one another. And this really goes to the next question, which has to do with the reading that Taylor um, read earlier. And, um, and initially, again, that was gonna be the, the focus of my sermon, and I still may preach it at some point, but it was gonna be called a pandemic of isolation, right? The idea that the level of depression in this country, the level of anxiety has been heightened because we have lost touch with what it means to be part of a caring community. And so that to me is the bigger problem and the bigger issue here that Unitarian Universalism tries to address, right? And yet we need your presence here in order for that to happen. It has to be a ministry of presence. just by showing up week after week for one another is such a bold action to do whether you realize it or not and so that's what i'm hearing and again I'm, i'm gonna shut up now and turn the mic over back to you how does kierkegaard's quote resonate with you and how can being part of a religious community alleviate loneliness and isolation taylor
2: um yeah I think I'm just gonna kind of piggyback after f off of what everyone has said um I think when I read that quote um I think that I like your broccoli analogy um I think of I I, I live in New Jersey and so it like today it took me an hour to get here usually it doesn't take that long but the trains were messed up um and I could have just stayed home and Watch netflix then under a blanket and but i would have felt a lot more terrible at the end of the day if i had done that coming here like getting on the train getting here talking to people seeing people you know getting a hug when i walk in from whoever i see i i think that connection is invaluable i think it's very very important um i think not even young adults i just think everyone is not getting that these days. Um, and I think there's a, I mean, you can look at so many reasons, whether it be um, technology or just kind of this individualistic society where there's kind of the value on community is not really there. Um, but I think I I always feel better after I come here. Um, I think it's great for my mental health, um, even if I kind of have to drag myself out the door. <laughs> um, so. Yeah, I guess that would be I'm kind of piggyback pigging back off of everyone, but that would kind of be my overarching answer. And I think you you can find it in a church. I think there are other communities that you can find it in as well. I think it's just important to have a community somewhere of people. And I think a lot of people are missing that.
0: Matthew, and then we'll wrap it up.
3: Yeah, so um my friend A Canadian Unitarian Universalist who I know is visiting me this weekend. He's also involved with the Canadian United Church of Christ Affiliate. Um, And the Canadians do a a call about once a month, which I was referred to earlier, where we just get to see each other because we've gone to events together in person. And a friend of mine, who I've known since I was six years old, grew up Mormon and is queer. I've been trying to encourage her to come to some UU events for, oh, about 20 years. And this finally, after 20 years of talk, she contacted me again a couple months ago. Um, She's realized that all sorts of abuse and things that were going on all through her life, her whole time. And her counselor said, you know, do you have a friend who's like been there for you and has been like reliable and not bullying you your whole life? And she thought of me. And we've been talking more regularly, um, just, just as friends, uh, for the last couple months, which has been really good for her. Nice to reconnect and play Mario Kart online with her and her nieces, which is a lot of fun. Um, if anyone wants to join our online games, just let me know. Um, and so, but it was really interesting talking to her. She, she came to the online gathering. We had guest on Friday at 2 o'clock. And it was the first time she'd ever experienced something like that, and I think it was really um, eye-opening to her. And I agree with you; the religious right has appropriated the word religion. Doctor, Mar- Doctor Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. was a reverend. The Underground Railroad was mostly led by churches, and all. Of, if you go to the abolitionist movement, it was led by Unitarians and Quakers. This is American history; it goes all the way back to. Um, to the re- reaction against Salem when a bunch of people became Quakers, my family, and then all of that. And I think it's important that we need to remember that history that we can't change the world by ourselves. Now, uh, we all need to be involved, but if we are disconnected from each other, then that just does not work. And I think a real tool of um, political extremism is to separate people from each other. And one of Like we can't leave church at church, like not going preaching, say go to hell, blah, 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 all that nonsense. But like the whole treating people with love, treating people with compassion and helping people out when we can and building up those institutions, not just here, but at the state, city, federal levels that bring people out of poverty. This is where that has always started. And, um, And that also means that for people, but also just, personal level like with my friend who's needed this for her whole life but has never received it it's um that got a little rambly but it's we we serve all of those roles and i've been in other communities um full of hippies that come close but they don't quite get there yes i'm from the pacific northwest there are a lot of hippie communes up there it's pretty cool but um (laughs) yeah so but there's still like even if i find these wonderful communities outside of church there's still i've never found a real substitute it doesn't exist so does anyone else want to thank
0: you matthew well unfortunately our time is up that went by really quickly um i don't know about you but i found this conversation to be so enriching we didn't even get to three other questions that um have been prepared so maybe Again, one of these Sundays, we'll have another sermon around these issues, and for now, will you join me in thanking our young adults? How fortunate are we to have them in our congregation? Thank you so much.
5: Hi, and welcome to Getting the Message, where we dive a little bit deeper into services themes, and I'm really excited for what is bound to be one of the most chaotic and most fun coming <laughs> discussions that we'll have ever had on one of these, because we are going to use our OWL camera. So we're bringing you a special new camera angle, um, which is why I'm looking down on my computer. And um, and, But we are also just going to have a little bit of fun, kind of diving a little bit seriously occasionally, but some fun, uh, into the topics that were discussed in today's Young Adult Service, uh, which included some really like meaningful discussions. But we're going to open with a little bit of fun with our BuzzFeed quiz.
1: Oh, my God! Oh, no. (laughs)
5: Uh, Of, uh, you know, trying to guess um, how old (laughs) old we are. This started because um, Anjum, who is sitting next to me, which is why I'm motioning this way, um, uh, said that it is clear that I am an elder millennial (laughs) who graduated into the recession because I was talking about um getting a minimum wage job after college and working yeah. with people who are significantly older than me yeah um, who are retirees and with minimum wage job but that was a yeah. sign that yes i was born in 88 um and that i um that somehow qualifies as like an elder millennial like yeah you know uh, like to me like elder millennials like earlier 80s kind of guess that's like that's, gen x and the zennial yeah and then i have a friend who is born in 94 and like we're friends but also she's like 10 years younger than me and a drastically life different experience right um so this is our turn um i am 35 uh, i discussed it in the time probably just two uh-huh. so let's start with on what questions uh-huh. do we have for Anjum to guess on age <laughs> have you done a buzzfeed quiz yes <laughs> so that's definitely millennial coded
1: <laughs> it is Do
2: you remember, no, I'm not going to ask that question.
5: (laughs) I mean, my dividing line question is, were you in a school at all, including kindergarten when 9-11 happened? Yes. So then I think that automatically qualifies you as a millennial, that's my my judgment standard.
2: I was going to ask a slightly similar question. Which was? Do you remember when Britney Spears shaved her head?
1: Um, yes, but like I was not in pop culture. <laughs> okay, okay. So that was two thousand seven. That was two thousand seven. Okay, oh, okay. Not
5: long ago. Were you a believer? Oh or God,
1: good one. I definitely was not.
2: <laughs> were you? Were you? Either one of the two. Were you either a Jonas Brothers fan or a One Directioner? Or no. a backstreet Boys. Or about ooh, yep. okay. backstreet more,
1: Boys. A, older. I love the Backstreet Boys, but but I mostly got into them in the pandemic.
5: Okay.
1: okay. okay. Say, like, from their
5: greatest hits collection. You're okay. too young for
1: I don't think they have a greatest hits album. <laughs>
2: oh. so, I have... <laughs> Remember, you're gonna appreciate this once. What was the first Taylor Swift album you listened to?
1: Debut. Okay. Okay. Okay.
5: See, that one actually doesn't narrow down the time for me. Because... <laughs> yeah. That
1: okay. has a lot of complexities to extrapolate from any Taylor Swift information. That's true.
5: We have a lot of discussions. Okay, Anjum, okay. would you like to do an interview?
2: Should we guess first?
5: Oh, yeah. Guesses, yeah, guesses. I'm going
2: to say you are 26. That's
5: close. Yeah. 45. <laughs> no. Okay, <laughs> good
2: surprise that you
5: don't know. Very, I don't know off the top of my head. Right. I should. But.
1: Twenty-seven. I was in kindergarten oh, when 9-11 oh. happened. That works. Okay. Been in school for all of the week and a half. <laughs>
5: and then boom. Okay. Yeah. That's my yeah. that's my dividing line though, because like.
1: Well, that is because yeah, yeah. I'm nineteen ninety six. They say that that that's the, the dividing line, but I think that yeah. it's ultimately whether you're Gen Z or a millennial is just it's really cultural Mm -hmm. in what like your home life was like. And like you were saying what age you got a smartphone. Cause for me, Mm -hmm. I knew I knew I don't feel like any relation to Gen Z people because of how I interact with social media, Mm -hmm. which is hardly at all. (laughs) Um, And like, yeah, the fact that I had dial up internet for a long time and my parents still have a landline, Mm -hmm. like, and I didn't get a smartphone until my senior year of of high school. Mm -hmm. Um, So I feel a lot of kinship with millennials of Mm -hmm. most. Like older
2: millennials you relate
1: to more than like. Yeah. Whereas even like the people that I went to college with, or even my roommate is two years younger than me. And the way that she talks with this like, play, (laughs) just little like fuzzy little catchphrases from TikTok. I'm like, or like just Mm -hmm. sounding like a meme. I'm Mm like, what are you I don't know. Mm-hmm.
5: Right. Yeah. Oh, I got it. Who's our next plus team Are we going to
1: <laughs> Well, okay. I think that I do know how old you are. Oh. Do
5: you have a guess from do have
1: a guess? Should, should we do guesses yes. and then I think that last time I heard your age you were 28, so okay. I think you're either 28 or 29. Okay.
3: Or okay. 30. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You're 29 or 30.
1: Okay.
5: Okay. Okay. Cuz so I don't know when it was. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: Going here since month. It's been. So,
3: has it's it been a year?
1: Been, it's been. It's been, the, it's been almost two it's years.
3: It's been, been like multiple
5: birthdays. Yeah. Yeah.
3: just
1: two years. Okay.
3: Yeah. Easy question. Uh, did you see up Star Wars Episode One in theaters? No. No.
2: No. No. Easy but question. I will say that there's more to that answer than just no. I will explain afterwards. Okay. <laughs>
5: um. In in the light of your um Britney Spears question. Yeah. You know. Um. Uh, uh, do you remember when Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake
1: broke up? No, mm-hmm.
2: I don't. You know, I actually don't. I don't. I wasn't in the pop culture hmm. realm of the world when that happened. Very pop culture okay. removed. Very pop hmm. culture hmm. removed.
5: What I was your favorite
2: out. book as a teenager? Ooh. Oh, that's
5: okay. a good.
2: You guess. know, I will tell you this. Actually, I don't know if this is going to reveal anything or not, but. I had to read *The Great Gatsby* mm-hmm. in high school. Yeah. Okay, so you were born between definitely now. Yeah, that's, that's be- nice.
5: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that doesn't.
2: And that became my favorite book. Okay. And I will okay, say, that's just pretentious. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Good book. Don't hit on *Great
2: Gatsby*. And um, I read it my senior year of high school. And we made yeah. plans the next year to do an outing, all of us who were in that class. Yeah. I won't say what the outing was for, was it but to Long Island or was it to see the movie? <laughs> <laughs> like outings. One or the other, one or like, the other. But if you remember the year of the movie, maybe that I will help you out. Absolutely do not. <laughs> anyway.
3: I have a question. Yes. So there, when the Great Recession hit in 2008, were you at a position time in your life where you're ready to look for like a part-time job? Yes. That helps a lot.
2: Yes, yes, well, I was just figuring my, my thirty guess. Oh,
3: that's twelve. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's
2: the thirty. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm second
3: sticking 30. thirty. I'm
2: twenty nine. Twenty nine. But hey, I'm thirty. The... In about. I'm 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 yeah. well into twenty nine. Yeah, so I'm not newly twenty nine, so I am twenty nine. But next June, okay. is my thirtieth. So I was just great for nine eleven. So and I, I always it. couldn't remember what year. I was in school because I graduated in 2012 from high school, so mm-hmm. it was always I'm like
1: whatever Just year make it up before the world ends, <laughs> yeah.
2: Whatever year I was finishing the uh, the so year was my was the year I was in. So Like I finished yeah. 11th grade in 2011. Mm-hmm. Blah, 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 anyway. Cool. So yeah, I'm but I'm All young. Right. I'm a young, like yeah. Like, except my birthday was in June, so a lot of people in my grade aren't. Mm-hmm.
5: Cool. Yeah. Okay. All right. So let's turn yours on. Let's turn yours on. You on you. All right. And did you were you looking for a job? <laughs> yes, I was. Recession. Yep.
1: I feel mean, like okay. in your answers you revealed things about your age, but they have escaped me. So.
2: Oh, at <laughs> point I was going to add something with yeah. the Star Wars. Yeah. I would have seen it in the theaters, but my parents didn't allow me because they mm. thought it would be too scary. Okay. So I could have, but I didn't.
5: Yeah. But anyway. Okay. I'm gonna just jump in guess and say. 34.
2: Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> 30, because earlier you said we're about the same age, and then so you guessed the... me to be 30, so yeah. I'm going to guess 30. Correct.
3: Huh? Yeah.
2: Oh, you're okay. giving it away. Well, you you guessed
3: right. Makes <laughs> nice uh, We all guessed right. I was guessing probably. High, like that. Yeah. So we're almost
1: oh, in age, yeah. and I'm very so yeah. incredibly old. <laughs> <laughs> Two four six. Yeah. Hey, I'm yeah. still,
5: you know. Well, and yeah. I think this can kind of bring in our next question. Um, so the UUA defines young adult as 18 to 35. So, yep. mm-hmm. um, despite my old age, um, despite being an elder millennial um, yeah. who tries to stay hip and cool, but luckily you're I'm awesome. off TikTok. to so my like, oh. they coded a lot, but like I, that's kind of it for like, my Gen Z language. No,
1: mm-hmm. no, it's not. I'm you, you literally said you're in your something era to me. I'm like, <laughs> 50. <laughs> and also, you said you were on a Taylor Swift
5: Clinton. True, seven weeks, but <laughs> is... and I'm on a social media cleanse. Okay, but anyway, besides that point, so yeah. with the, the range... The
1: podcast is really just here to call Amber out. <laughs>
5: it's
1: just what I need. Um, from 18 to
5: 35 is a very broad uh-huh. range of experiences. Like, someone yeah. who is 18 now was born in
2: 2005. Oh my gosh. Yeah, don't
5: make me feel old. <laughs> and I at the at the high end I was born in 88 yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so like yeah 2005 and 1988 have drastically different like yeah. life experiences yeah so how do you feel about this category being at all is that like a is that a useful age range do you think that could be broken down a little bit more
2: you know I would say that it could be made little younger except like i think putting like 18 you know to whenever except as someone who is on the higher end of that i mean i'm not in my 30s but trending towards the higher end of that we kind of talked about this in our email exchange a little bit about how i very much don't feel like an adult like Mm -hmm. i still have to call my parents to help me with many things Mm -hmm. so and i i feel like that's kind of almost part of it is just a generational thing Mm -hmm. of kind of um going through the recession and kind of having just economics not quite on our side i'm not just financially where my parents were just because of Mm -hmm. how the world works um but um i i i've I understand the criticism of kind of having that big age gap, but I still feel like when I'm like thirty-two or thirty-three, I'm still gonna feel like a young adult. I don't see that changing mm-hmm. in the next couple of years because I still feel much more young than adult. I don't know who gave me my adult card. It should probably be revoked. lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right.
1: Also, don't know who gave me my law license.
2: But right. <laughs> <enough> for discussion. <laughs> okay. So yeah. Anyway.
3: Yeah
1: yeah I I think uh, you (laughs) first well I watched a video essay that was called the girlification of millennial women
3: Mm. Um,
1: it was kind of of the the TikTok stuff um of like girl dinner girl math yeah um or like just girls doing like our hot girl walk and like our hot girl summer um and I, I thought that I would watch that video and that it would like totally vindicate me, in my opinion, that was, <laughs> <laughs> well, as everything should, <laughs> um, that that language is not helpful. It belittles, belittles us to society um, and that it like reinforces negative things about us. I hate, hate the girl dinner and the girl math idea. Mm-hmm. The hot girl summer. That's fine. It. <laughs> um, but it did not say that it was talking about what you were talking about Taylor um, that adulthood had relatively clear goal posts for our parents mm-hmm. that were much easier to hit which was your your job your financial security buying a house mm-hmm. and having yeah. children but all of those are left available to people in our generation, especially like, mm-hmm. living in New York, when am I ever gonna own property or even on the east coast? When am I ever yeah. gonna yeah. own property? When I'm never gonna so, live by myself. Yeah. Yeah, lots of agreement at the yeah. yeah, on that one. Um, and that if that is what's been given to us, then like how are we supposed to feel like adults? And that maybe us rejecting it is our just our way of coping. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I did come away from the video being like, "Oh, I guess she's true. Like, it's, the stuff that she's saying is true, and that I, sh- like, also, it's a bad impulse for me to, like, want to shit on other
5: Oops, It's okay. We're letting that, we get one swear word. Wow.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is for young adults, so. No, that one. Okay.
5: Um, Still like,
1: I shouldn't, um, you know, a trying jump. to put myself above other women uh, for whatever they're doing to cope, right? Mm. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I guess yeah. that's
3: my piece. Yeah. Uh, so the question was, like, um, how it's different. Yeah, like the age gap from the 18 to 35. Oh,
2: yeah.
3: yeah. So <laughs> well, <laughs> this is okay. This is a bad discussion. Yeah. Well, that age gap started, I actually know the history of this, that age gap started because way back in, I think, like the 70s or 80s, they saw there was this big gap like people went to church, did RE, um, then they bridged out. UUs tend to go to college is something I could, we could have touched on the sermon. And then we are, we tend to leave where we're from. And they're like, okay, I'm in this new place. I don't know anybody. What am I going to do? And so in UUism in particular, it's then uh, the people who grow up in your congregation almost always will then leave. Once they're eighteen, just because they're no longer physically there, mm-hmm. um, the more online world today might make a difference. It's too early to tell, but um, but so with like how it's different, that that is a contributing factor, and there is a lack of support for young adult ministry nowadays. At um, there's barely anything from the EUA once you hit eighteen. There's almost no support. There that wasn't always the case. I believe that needs to go back closer to how it was. Um, things are starting to change, but like outside of church, it's also, I think the cost of housing has gone up faster than the than wages for a long time. It's seen as a pure investment. And then when that bubble pops, we then bail out all of the irresponsible investors. That's wrong. If you make a mess, you need to see the consequences because that encourages more bubbles in the future. That that's, but with that being said, we've also found that the home ownership rate hasn't changed much. And so part of it is, I think, our perception is influenced that nowadays anybody and their dog can get get an Instagram account or um and then start posting about their lives online. Go back thirty years for our parents' generation, that was not the case. So when I looked at that, I looked at that with my friend yesterday on Fred, the Federal Reserve Economic Data Portal. Yes, economist. And I said, um, man, it's been pretty much balanced between 60 and 70 percent since about the 1940s when they started collecting data. I think part of it is our perception is because of social media. Now, yeah, cost of housing, that is worse. And the wage freeze since Reagan became president, that is real. And the other thing I think is real is I think it's harder it's harder to get a job, your first job out of college today than it used to be. Mm-hmm. Those three things have changed. Home ownership rate hasn't funny enough, which is very strange. But I think when you have people with college degrees, I don't know, who have a hard time getting into their field and making that middle class salary for a few years after college. For me, it took five years, which was nuts. I'm on the higher end, but that's I'm not alone. Um, that's that's going to lead to more young adults who are 22 to 27 not being able to go to church. They fall out. They are less likely to go back. On top of that, less and fewer resources from the federal, from the national UUA leads to people just going about their own separate ways. Now, the young adults I know from Con who don't go anymore, it's not. Many of them still identify as you you, but they just haven't gone in so long. Right. Mm-hmm. Um and so I think and this post pin, well, pandemic's kind of still going on. That's that's post, a pandemic Just oh. say
1: post-lockdown. Yeah, oh,
3: post-lockdown.
5: Oh. I like post-quasi lockdown, whatever that was.
3: Yeah. <laughs> like, did the 1918 flu epidemic ever really truly end? That's up for debate. Um but <laughs> but with that being said, um it becomes I noticed like we have a lot of kids who who are like under 10 um, in RE right now, but I don't see very many high schoolers. I think that's because mm-hmm. of the pandemic and that once you're in middle school, you're out for a year or two. A lot of people just don't go back even when they're able. That's why I didn't go to church in middle school and high school. It wasn't by choice. It was by economic reality and not having a car living in the middle of nowhere uh, on the West coast. But um, where was I going with that? Um, like, It's interesting that the things that I've known, I think, again, from a millennial perspective, have really changed is everyone can be online. That and housing prices are ridiculous almost everywhere in the country. Um, It's not just San Francisco and New York. It's
2: almost everywhere. Um, I think you said something really interesting about just talking about how um, like how you leave a lot of people leave home yeah. at 18 go to college because we're all similar in age and we are in our late 20s early 30s and I do think of our young adult
1: group it is kind of 25 and up yeah, yeah um, I was thinking that too I, when I first yeah. started here I was 22 and mm-hmm. There were with some mm-hmm. other 22 year olds but I haven't seen a 22 year old yeah
2: there was one like 21 year old for a while but I think it is mostly 25 and up and that kind of 18 to 25 year old like Mm -hmm. where are those people and I think you kind of touched on it a little bit but that's a really interesting kind of question because I don't I'm not from around here you know I did I did the go to college and then left home you know situation so yeah, uh,
5: yeah. Especially in like, I mean, Manhattan's got a, a bajillion different colleges in it, and yeah. so does like the surrounding boroughs. Like, yeah, yeah. It,
0: yeah.
5: it is interesting. That, like, you don't have any. I, I don't. I don't think that any of the congregations in Manhattan or even in Brooklyn, no one's got like a college outreach ministry or anything yeah. like that.
1: Yeah, and, like, That would just be It's
3: really the
1: job
3: it's of worse, I'm not doing enough. Yeah, <laughs> no. that really was, and I believe still should be the UUA. They used to do yeah. that, but right. they don't yeah. anymore. Right. They shut that down in 2015. Oh, yeah,
5: yeah. So they like, let people know like what UUA yeah. congregations were nearby
2: when they yeah. did
3: They did change of staff, and the person who took over disbanded a lot.
2: Oh, interesting. Yeah. I also think of, and this is kind of just honing in on the point that everyone's already made, but I've been having a lot of conversations recently about. Um, like I, I think my parents are retired and yeah. they've been doing all of this traveling as they've mm-hmm. been retired and they've been like like going on these river cruises and flying first class. And yeah. um my parents were public school teachers and then they worked in the government. Um so they were not like corporate lawyers or you know, big like they, right. they, they didn't,
1: didn't have... invest in Microsoft. Yes, they
2: didn't. That. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like they, my my dad was a physics professor at a technical college. My mom was a special education teacher. And then they went and worked for the teachers union in a more government like right. background. And I know people who have the jobs that they have. And they are so stressed about money, like yeah. people yeah. who are our age. And I think like of my parents. Exactly, yeah. student loans. Yes. And I think about my mom. You know, I've talked to her a lot about finances and how she used to be able to work for a summer and then pay for that semester and um just like the percentage that her income was to her rent when she was my my age it was not the 30% that I am almost paying now you know it was the 50% yeah yeah
1: yeah, yeah. 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 I broke under 15 yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's just the like yes i am making more than her but just the proportion of how much everything costs and how back you know, in my parents' generation, you could be a public school teacher and retire like they have right. with a great pension that lets them travel and do all these things right. and not even dip into their personal retirement fund. Like, that's not, I don't see that right now reachable for mm. so many of us.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, it's also like a climate of talking about finances, especially amongst women. Uh... Um... Sorry, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to actually, what I sort of like distilled from what you were saying, um, was that church is kind of a luxury. And also I think, you know, yeah. in UU yeah. churches, they tend to skew slightly like middle, upper class, yeah. um, amongst, and we also like all churches skew a bit older. Yeah. And so, you know, it's hard for someone our age to be upper middle class, mm-hmm. um, and so that's interesting to think about it through mm-hmm. that lens is that, it of is course, really from a time, like so many people in our generation are like gig workers. Like, you know, right. one of my roommates is, is working right now right. Um, as we speak. So, you know, you're working on weekends, you know, you're, you're doubling up as like an Uber driver or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I think even people who aren't, I, I completely agree with that,
2: but I think even people who aren't doing that type of gig work, it's not nine to five as much as, you know, and, and you are reachable. It's not yeah. kind of the, I go to work from nine to five and then I come home and the technology is, you know, I can't check, like I could go home right now and work. Um, and <laughs> yeah. And, and I just think that the, even people who are kind of working the nine to five, there's kind mm-hmm. of this um you kind of almost have to work the weekends and and into the evenings and that type mm-hmm. of thing and that the kind of hours to allow for nine to five and then you have your weekends off don't really exist for yeah. gig workers and right. even for people yeah. who aren't gig workers because you can always be on like my emails on my phone you know mm-hmm. yeah yeah You're in addition always-
1: to the wage stagnation mm-hmm. you've seen that as um Productivity as yes. um, yeah. yep. a lot. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
5: Mm-hmm. Well, I think like with you saying the, the concept of, of a church is a luxury. And like with the pandemic, it also kind of turned it into like a consumable product, like that we were like putting on nice like, services online for people to enjoy, or we were putting on right. an educational offering mm-hmm. versus it being like, come join your community and like having this time together. And it right. got to be much more like this thing you were consuming online. Um, mm-hmm. And then I think like I think we really started to see it this year of like when, especially with our families, if the kids, now that the kids are back signed up for like all, now that the pandemic is over and the kids are signed up for a hundred different activities, right. then church is a luxury. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think there's, um, but yeah. uh, in the interest of time, mm-hmm. with church being a luxury, um, in five sentences, And right, mm-hmm. keep it short. O'clock. What
1: about semi-pullets? What about runners? Writer, right there.
5: What? With with it kind of being luxury, what what brings you to church? What? Why do you show up when it's luxury and it's a broccoli? <laughs> I mean, I kind
1: of answered this. And yeah. the service that for me, it's just that like, I'm a very, as a person, I'm like really unfun and I'm super all yeah. awesome. discipline, 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 And I made rules for myself that I follow because, well, it's kind of like, I have no idea what that Jane Eyre quote is, but it's like, you, oh, wow. I really don't know what the quote <laughs> is. I to say you. <laughs> We're like, you know, you have to. Um, like, have your morals for like the times when you're insane, not the times when things are well. Mm. Oh my God, someone's gonna <laughs> <laughs> it <is. laughs> <laughs> but it's something like that, you know you have to like make good choices for yourself when like you're in a good state yeah. and then do the work to stick with them. Because then if you do go through a darker period or something, you know that you have things in line and that you have like the ability to meet those things. And so, you know, I chose really like junior year of college to like, that I wanted to go to church now that like my parents were no longer making me, but I didn't go to church freshman and sophomore year of college. And that was like the only time in my life that I haven't gone to church. And then I made the choice that I wanted to go. Mm -hmm. And then from there, I was like, well, now you don't have a choice. <laughs> <laughs> now you've seen that it's good for you, that you get all these things out of it. And also you like ideologically think that it has benefits. And so you're going to go. So I don't give myself the choice like, oh, I could do online this week. Like, no, I have to just go and be consistent because like if I slip once, that's fine. But if you flip twice, then like mm-hmm. you're going to break, break on the, the habit.
5: There's still been going on for
1: you. Know, <laughs> <yeah>. exactly. <laughs> so, so yeah, I I chose because I believe in it.
5: There's a lot of semicolons.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they forgot that
2: it
5: was supposed to be five. Cents. <laughs> yeah, v- vaguely, good.
2: Just make some of them run-on sentences. Yeah.
3: Um Okay. Um, I find why do I go to church? Um. Well, I find that, well, I had 10 years in the wilderness where I wasn't going to UU, and that was really bad for me, and I find that being part of community and being able to give back to the world through like, Democracy Action Team, being able to network with people and talk about these important issues, um, it both allows me to be nourished and allows me to nourish others. was mm-hmm.
2: okay.
5: like maybe five to seven,
2: though. Yeah. <laughs> cool. <nice>. <laughs> I don't know if I'm gonna be that type, but I'm not gonna ramble. I, um, no. I <laughs> I'll try not to. Um, so I I grew up not going to church. The only reason I knew about um UU was because I went to preschool at a UU, kind of like a similar nah. situation here, where there was a my preschool was a tenant of a UU church. So that's really kind of the only reason I knew about it.
1: I did that um, too, but it was uh, also my
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. and um I'm. I'm not religious and I didn't grow up in a religious environment. So I never thought that something like this would be accessible to me. Mm. Um, and I joined after, well, not after, but kind of when we got out of lockdown, I had graduated from law school and I had moved and I really didn't know anyone and I had no ability to really meet anyone and very lonely. Um, and so I was kind of starting to think of what communities I wanted to build and um. I ended up coming here actually because Skylar grew up like an hour from where I grew up. So um, that led me here. And I just find being somewhere on Sunday with like minded people
1: to be able to ground me is good for me. So Mm -hmm. I keep it up. Mm. And some of us come because we're employed.
5: (laughs) The real question why in the world did I choose this as a career? Oh, boy. (laughs)
2: That is a no my fear, another. Podcast. My, my
5: <laughs> theology may have changed, but only only calling can explain. <laughs> um, no, I love this work, and I also have really enjoyed this conversation. And I really appreciate all of you uh, being willing to also speak um, during the service as well, including Edwin, who was not able to be with us. Um, we're glad that Edwin could be a part of the service as well. So, yes, Thank you all for being involved.
2: Thank you. Thank you.